Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We had him on last week, and it helped bring a Chiefs win, so we got to roll with it. Chiefs Hall of Famer Deron Cherry joins us. Deron, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Stephen. How you doing? Well, I'm doing a lot better after the Chiefs won in Buffalo. That was good. Yep, that was too. great. Me too. Yeah, that was a good game. So we we talked last week about uh, the young defensive backs, um, but we didn't know that Mike Edwards would get a concussion early in the game, and then they'd have to rely on Shamari Connor, who played all but one snap in that game defensively, and at least according to Pro Football Focus, was the highest-graded defender of the divisional weekend. Uh, he came up big when they needed him. Just curious what you thought of uh, Shamari Connor, who stepped in and really played well in the absence of Mike Edwards. Yeah, you got to give him props, man. He he, he stepped in. You know, we always talk about when injuries happen, uh, they're unfortunate. But it's the next man up that means the difference. And, you know, I go back to uh, when I first came into the league as a player, and I remember Gary Barbaro and Gary Green taking me by the side and saying, hey, if one of us goes down, you got to be ready to go. And you got to be prepared. So they prepared us to make sure that when that opportunity came, we were, we were not only um, prepared, but we were ready and understood that um, those other 10 guys on the field were relying on, on me uh, to make sure I was going to be able to do my job. So. I give Shamari a whole lot of credit, you know. All year long he's been preparing, and it's hard um, being behind somebody and not getting an opportunity to play because the only time you see the field mostly is a player, a backup player, is in practice. So you really have to do your homework. You have to study on your own. You have to be prepared. So it speaks volumes about um, who he is as a player, Um and the fact that he had himself ready to go and was able to step in there and make a huge contribution um, to help that defense uh, win that game on Sunday. The other guy I want to mention that we haven't mentioned enough on this show is defensive backs coach Dave Merritt. He's in his fifth season as defensive backs coach with the Chiefs. And look, look, all the examples of young defensive backs, whether they're picked in the first round or the seventh round or moving up in the fourth round like they did to get Shamari Connor, these guys over the last couple of years have all stepped in and played at a high level from the get-go, and he's been able to mix them in with veterans off the free agent market like Justin Reed and Mike Edwards. How much credit does a guy like Dave Merritt get for the development, the quick development of so many young defensive backs. I know Brett Veach picks them, you know, and they certainly they have a type that they look for, but between Spags and Dave Merritt getting their hands on them and being able to get them ready to play early and often, I think it's been terrific the last couple of years. Dave Merritt deserves a lot more credit than he's getting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And don't think that there's people that don't notice uh, what he's accomplished here in Kansas City, especially in in that secondary. You know, you got guys that, yeah, you've got a couple guys that have been drafted high. Um, you look at uh, Trent McDuffie, second-round pick, but you got guys like Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. Um, and then you think about the free agents that come in that are coming in from a different system, but they have to learn this system. So he has to get them up to speed very quickly in order for them to have an impact 
and understand the way this defense is supposed to operate. So, yeah, I give him a lot of credit for, you know, the success he's had, you know, getting this secondary here at and the fact that they're, they're playing at a high level every single week. Duran, I want to go back to the performance. You talked about how impressed you were with Shamari Connor and the way he stepped up, not having uh, the reps in practice that you normally get as a starter and all of that. Um, when you watched the game, uh, I mean, the tackles, he had a lot of tackles, but was there anything in terms of just the way he played that, that maybe impressed you the most? I just think being in the right position at the right time. You know, normally guys that come in that haven't played, you know, they're usually all over the place. They're not very sure and very confident where they need to be. He just seemed like he was in the right position at the right spot most of the time. So that tells me he's studying film, he's watching a lot of film, and he's being prepared, even though he's not getting the reps in practice that, you know, the starter usually gets. And to come into a game like that where there's so much on the line, this is a pressure situation. But he was able to handle the pressure and step up and, and, and make big plays. So um, that, that's what's so impressive about it. Okay, so now this Chiefs defense has to get ready for a much different challenge. Josh Allen is terrific with his legs. He's got a cannon for an arm, but he, he can't hurt you with his legs the way Lamar Jackson can. He's coming off a 100-yard rushing game. Uh, he's, he's different. Wait a minute, wait a I, don't, I don't know if I believe that, Steven. Right. Josh Allen last week was hurting us with his legs. Oh, <laughs> oh I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a different type of a different type of quarterback that has much more speed than a Josh Allen. Josh Allen is bigger and powerful, but he can still run. You know, but this guy, you know, is, you know, he's a whole different challenge. But I think that this defense, having the experience of playing last week, kind of got a little bit of taste of what they're going to experience at a much different level this week. And he, what, he had 821 yards rushing uh, this season. He had 100 yards in his last game. And so looking at these two, and I, you make a good point. It is a good, I think, uh, a good game to have before going up against Lamar Jackson facing Josh Allen because he's the closest thing really to Lamar as far as hurting you with his legs in a different way. But So what, 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 what are the differences when you look at what Lamar Jackson can do versus Josh Allen and how are the Chiefs going to, uh, what do they need to do to at least slow him down? Yeah, the, the difference is the speed of uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, when he runs, he takes off very quickly, and he's got the speed to, you know, to run away from people, and that's the difference. Um, and then the thing is, I mean, what's so dangerous about both of these quarterbacks is um, that they have the ability to throw the ball down the field as well. So you, you got double duty. You've got to be able to come up and guard against the run, but you've got to stick on your man in the secondary and things break down because, you know, he has the, the capability with his arm strength to get the ball down the field and make big plays. And that's, and that's how you get hurt by quarterbacks like this. And um, no different than Patrick Mahomes. He does the same thing. He can hurt you with his legs, but more importantly, he can hurt you with his arm down the field if you're, if you're off of a guy. And we see it time in and time again. So, um, it's, it's going to be a, a difficult task for this defense. They're going to have to play very disciplined defense, and um, they have to stick in their pass rushing lanes. 
And I think you, you know, if you can keep him in the pocket, then you're going to have a lot more success. You know, allow him to get out of the pocket and and beat you on those runs that he likes to do. On the flip side, Ron, the uh, the Ravens are the only team in the NFL that have a defense that, that ranks higher than the Chiefs. So the challenge for the Chiefs offense it seems to be playing better. What do you think maybe the biggest challenges or maybe the most important thing for the Chiefs offense to accomplish in the game on Sunday? Hey, I told you guys last week, and I still believe this, and it doesn't change in these games. You know, the battle of this of this game is one up front. It's how our offensive line is going to handle their defensive front and how, you know, our defensive front is going to handle their offensive line. There's there's no secret to these games. I mean, the guys that win the battle up front usually are the ones that come out on the winning end. And that's, that's, that's the way it's always been in, in the National Football League. So, um, you know, the guys, they are going to have to run the ball. There's no secret about that. you got to run the ball and, and keep. Um, you know, the pressure off of Patrick of having to convert third and long situations um, by being able to run the ball against this defense, and they're, and they're tough up front. So, um, yeah, I think this battle's won in the trenches. It sets the tone. Uh, it always has, and I don't see this game being the game. Look, Joe Tooney left the game, uh, but Nick Allegretti played very well in his place. It would, it would love to have Joe Tooney and all pro available for this game against the Ravens, to your point, because the offensive line is going to play such an important role for the Chiefs. But Nick Allegretti is good enough to start for a lot of teams in the NFL, and that speaks to the quality depth the Chiefs have built up. And he, he could have left and gone someplace else to be a starter, but that also speaks to the culture that they built here and he he wants to win. And to have a guy like that step in with that starting experience, that's a huge boost. Uh, what about Allegretti perhaps having to step in and play a full game in place of Tooney? Well, I have a lot of confidence in Nick Allegretti. I mean, he's proven it over the years. Uh, this is his first radio. He's always stepped in and done you know, a great job for the football team when it needed it the most. So, um, you know, you hate to see a guy – uh, like Joe Tooney do now, but, uh, uh, you know, the fact that we do have a two-point backup in Nick Alabama um, gives me some confidence going into Sunday that, you know, we, we still want to be okay. Right, let's, uh, Jake, put uh, Duran on hold real quick, see if we can fix his phone. I had a hard time hearing him there talking about Nick Allegretti. He said they had a lot of faith in Nick Allegretti, which we all do. I listened to Deron talk about how important it is to win this game up front. This could be a big challenge, right, for that Chiefs offensive line. Um, good defensive front from the Ravens and good linebackers. As you've talked about, Stephen Roquan Smith, the acquisition of him. He's great. He's a great player. And so, man, they had so much success on first down. And a lot of those those times it was running the ball with Pacheco. I think, it, gosh, they've got to have – they might not have as much success, but hopefully they can have something similar to that in this game. They just can't give up on the run. Yeah, nope. You're right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pacheco's such a physical running back. And the Chiefs' offensive line has been very good, you know, as of late, block, run blocking and being physical. And whether it's Allegretti or Tooney, you got to stick with the run game. And hopefully it's going to pay off, you know. And, and I don't want them to get away from it if there's, if there's not early success uh, in the first quarter. 
And so for, for Duran, for the Chiefs' run game, how important is it to stick with it? Because Pacheco, and look, you said last week, you know, don't forget about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he had a couple, and he had especially one big run. Uh, that, you know, if, if you're going to continue to to try to run the football, it's good to have that one-two punch. But they can't get away from it, right? If Even if there's a lack of success early, they got to continue to try to run that football uh, against the Ravens on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I think they have to. Um, uh, and, you know, you try to want to be as balanced as you can and, and keep yourselves in um, good um, down and distance situations, especially when you're going up against a strong defensive football team like Baltimore uh, has. You know, you want to keep yourselves in manageable situations, especially on third down. So um, you want to try to mix it up. You want to have to play on first down, but, you know, you're going to have to be able to follow up and, and run the ball on first down, too, uh, to keep them honest and, uh, and put yourself in a position where you're not behind uh, the team, so to speak, um, during the course of the game uh, to keep that defensive pressure off of you because I think at times they want to try and pressure passing the home, and um, you just don't have to pick on spots when, you know, um, when that happens, you can make a big play behind it. All right, so, Deron, how do you see this thing playing out? Man, it's going to be a great game. you got two, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. you got last year's MVP going up against this year's probably MVP. I mean, there's no better matchup. And, you know, you've got a, a two well-coached football teams. Let, let's face it, uh, you know, uh, Harbaugh comes out of Andy Reid's tree, so it's, uh, it's one of those things where you got the, the mentor versus the student, and uh, it, it could be a great game. And, and I think the game could quite frankly come down to special teams, and both of these are, you know, strong special special teams uh, teams that you know somebody's got to make a play, and it could come down to. The last position here could come down to turnovers during the course of the game. But these are two ball coach teams, um, and, um, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a great game. But, uh, I'm looking at the Chiefs winning this game probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 24-21 uh, on Sunday. 24-21 Chiefs, says Deron Cherry. Deron, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. People don't want to hear it, but just look at last week's game. It could be decided by special teams. Mm-hmm. Two of the best kickers in the game. That's for damn sure. That's right. Now, Clutch. I wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate a horrific fake punt attempt <laughs> from the Ravens like we saw from the Buffalo Bills. Well, if they do it, you can bet that Nick Bolton will be ready for it. Right. He'll call it out. He'll tell he'll tell his teammates to be looking out for it. Hmm. I like that call. 24-21. I think that's that's right in the sweet spot of where the Chiefs win the game. Is that the over? I think it's 45 or 44 and a half. I'll tell you what the the, the current live odds are. Forty-four and a half, and right now it's still Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half. 
Chiefs plus 154 money line. Well, the Chiefs is an underdog. I put $5 on MVS anytime touchdown. Plus 750 to win 40-some dollars? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at that. I'm going to take a look at that. I don't I'm, know about I, touchdown, but I'm going to. MVS. Playoff MVS. On a, on a different topic, there are certain movies that should not be remade. Okay. That anger me when I see the remade. Because they're bad movies or no, because just they like were they're, perfect the first yeah, time? You don't because need they're perfect the yeah. first time. Yeah. And all you're going to do is F it up. That's right. all you're going to do. Right. There's been a lot of them. Right. That's a all lot of you're going to yep. do. And I haven't I haven't watched mm-hmm. most of them. Because don't mess with perfect. Right. And Because it's certain movies that are rewatchable, mm-hmm. that are classics. Stand up. To me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, don't ever remake Fast Times at Ridgemont, Ridgemont High. Like, don't ever remake Stripes. Yeah. Don't, there's certain, like, don't, don't do that. Don't touch these movies. Okay? There's a certain movie that they're remaking. And I just saw a tweet showing the, the, the first poster of the remake is out, and the trailer releases tomorrow. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me mad because this is a classic. When it's on, whether you want to admit it or not, you watch it. If your wife allows, and she should, you watch it to the end. You will watch it. It's it's quotable. It holds up. It's highly entertaining. And it takes place in a fictional suburb of Kansas City, so it's perfect. They're remaking Roadhouse. And someone needs to be punched in the mouth for it. Okay? (laughs) You leave, and, and, and you know what? Rest they're not doing peace. a sequel. They're remaking it. No, they're remaking it. That's that's Patrick Swayze. Outrageous. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. You Rolling know, over. You, you can't. You can't replace Sam Elliott. Miho. Hey, Miho. Jeff Healy. Rest in peace. The name's Dalton. Ben Gazzara is Brad Wesley. <laughs> Brad Wesley. Reds Auto Parts. All of it. How dare you? Can't you come up with an original idea and just leave Roadhouse alone? Yeah, that's stupid. Boycotting that. Terry Funk is dead. He can't be in there as, as one of the goons. You, is you, it going to take place in the same? I don't. It'll be something stupid. It you you know. I'm I saw. Sorry. Now, that are just, they remaking Mean Girls, or is this a Mean Girls? Se- it's a sequel, it's, right? It's a musical. Yeah, it's a musical. Oh, it's a musical. Yeah. Is it the same story? I don't know. I don't know. At least it's it's different. Tina Fey's in it again, or something, or so. Rachel McAdams, or somebody's in it. I don't know. You know, the Double Deuce was in Jasper, Missouri. Jasper. Jasper. I don't get it. Look, look at this stupid post. And you, you know the star of it, right? You know who's the star? Zach Efron. No. No. Jake Gyllenhaal. Ah. There's, there's your. Mm-hmm. There's the poster for it. Not interested. Jake. Interested in that? Nope. Nope. I'm not a big Gyllenhaal guy. I think he's done some some. That's fine. But leave Roadhouse alone. No. Brutal. You don't touch Roadhouse. Yeah, that's just stupid. You know what? If you want to, how about this? Just watch Roadhouse. Right. Don't remake it. Just watch it. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It needs nothing. A skinny little runt named Dalton working here. That's right. That's exactly right. 
You don't need to change anything. You, you, you watch it, you go, well, I could do that. But no, you can't. You can't do nothing better. He, he's, he's renting that barn from Emmett. Remember the farmer Emmett? He, Emmett, he's all pissed <laughs> off because of Brad Wesley's helicopter. Always, you know, pissing up, riling up the animals. This Brad Wesley doesn't care. He's going down the street, all over, swerving all over the town. You know? I don't like it. I, don't, I mean, Brad Wesley. It's so unnecessary. Brad Wesley met so many different ladies in Westport <laughs> in the you know, in that time frame. Yeah, that was that was one of my go tos. So, what's your name, Brad? Brad, what? Wesley. Yeah. Where do you live? Jasper, Missouri. Very few ever got it, but it worked. Right. Yeah. So. I drive a monster truck. Right now, I just, <laughs> you know, when they look at my friend, I go, the name's Dalton. Yeah. I used to be... Pain uh, don't hurt. Marcus. Marcus Bagwell. Yeah, of course you were Buff Bagwell. <laughs> I ain't got $20. <laughs> uh, Brad Wesley and Ricky Santana did a lot of things in Westboro, Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a things. A lot of things. Hey, down at America's Pub. Right. Stanford and Sons, think about it. Lynn Dickies. Lynn Dickies. Fake name and phone number, think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, we'll it's harder to pull off the fake phone number these days, isn't it? They yeah. can find you on social. Yeah, now, you know? no. Oh, yeah. no. Those, these, that, that, again, gone. these days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> the, the innocence of giving a fake name and phone number just gone. On a napkin. <laughs> a number on a napkin no right. longer exists. All right. <laughs> leave it, leave it, leave Roadhouse alone. I was, you? I was, for the record, I was much more likely to be given a fake phone number than to give someone a fake yeah, phone well, number in my right. day. Them days are over. <laughs> sure, I'll give you my number. Let's talk to Mike's Got This. Mike's Got Picks. <laughs> Mike Pasquale after this on WHB. Yeah, they run the ball really well. Uh, they'll come out with, you know, three or four kind of game plan runs certain ways. Uh, uh, there's nothing... Nothing that you haven't seen before, but they, 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 they dial in on something that they try to exploit. And then number 10, Pacheco, man, guy's coming downhill. You know, he's, he's hitting it that way all out. You know, he's 225 pounds. His knees are up high. You know, he's, he's just he's rolling, you know, and it's going to be a big challenge for us to deal with him because he's, he's as physical a runner as there is in the league. He's as determined as there is. And we're going to have to be a physical, determined defense to tackle him. And, uh, you know, I like our guys. I like our guys' chances. I think our guys will be up for it, and uh, we're going to have to be because uh, he's a good runner. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I find this to be somewhat interesting. Of the four coaches that are left right now in the NFL playoffs, what do uh, Andy Reid, Dan Campbell, and John Harbaugh have in common? I don't know. Andy Reid, Dan Campbell, and John Harbaugh, never an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Mm. Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator. But none of those guys called an offense or a defense. Because you hear so much... You know, talk about when hiring a coach. We got to find the right, the next big thing, next the, the hot offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Shanahan was an offensive coordinator, but Dan Campbell never was. Harbaugh 
running backs coach, outside linebackers from Western Michigan, tight ends coach, special teams coach, secondary coach, special teams coordinator, special teams coordinator, defensive backs, and then ultimately with the uh, Eagles defensive backs coach and special teams coordinator. Dan Campbell. What an interesting road that guy's had. He started off as a coaching intern with the Dolphins. Right. Tight ends coach with the Dolphins. Interim head coach with the Dolphins for a second. Assistant head coach and tight ends coach for the Saints. And then head coach. And he's biting kneecaps. Right. And then, of course, Big Red. Graduate assistant at BYU. Offensive line coach at... Uh, San Francisco State, Northern Arizona, UTEP, and, of course, Mizzou. Then from Mizzou, he goes to Green Bay, assistant offensive line coach and tight ends coach. Then becomes quarterback's coach and assistant head coach and then head coach. I don't know. Interesting. There's clearly more than one path to get to become a head coach, but I I just the, the Dan Campbell one especially... People mocked that hire and laughed. We we laughed at the thing. Well, how could he not at the things he said? They were hilarious. But he's done everything he said he'd do. He's turned that team into a tough team. He's turned that team into a team that don't quit. He's turned that team into an exciting team, loaded with playmakers. He's done a fabulous job. He went in. He created a culture. He he got you know he hired two good coordinators, which obviously is very important. And anyway, he's, he, they, it's been terrific to see what he's done. We're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. I mean, when you heard that, did you think, oh, he'll have him in the championship game in a couple of years? No. No. And then he followed you, it up with the 3-13-1 season. You, you, you thought, this is a disaster. This ain't going to last. That was one of them. I, I, did, I did not anticipate this level of success. But, you know, after watching Hard Knocks and listening to him throughout his, his uh, tenure with Detroit speak to the media, and I mean, I get it. You get how the players have a connection with them. And again, it's so important. You look at we, we, we obviously talk about the talent and everything else, but the way a team fits together and the culture, like the culture that the Chiefs have here in Kansas City. Something like, say, for instance, the Chargers cannot get right. They just cannot build. A winning culture. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. They've had all the talent in the world. They they got a quarterback. They just and you just they can't do it. And part of that was because of uh, their their head coaches have been unable to create that and establish that culture. That um that clip where Dan Campbell in preseason's talking about going full contact and why he's putting the guys through it, and he's like, "Look, man, if I if I could get you guys prepared." for what you have to do in a football game without making you do any of this in preseason, I would. I care about – it was like so genuine that he's telling I care about you guys. All I want is for you guys to be successful. And I think he's shown you can be you can, you can be a, a coach who, who coaches hard, who coaches your players to be tough and physical while also showing them that you love them and care about them. 
And I think in today's world, that is more important than maybe it ever was as a coach. And I think getting the culture right is the most important job. Like you talk about the guys that were coordinators or weren't coordinators. More important than whether or not you can dial up X's and O's is whether or not you can get the culture right in your building. And that is, I mean, Andy Reid is, is, is one of the greatest coaches of all time because he's good at all of it. He's obviously a brilliant play caller and, and, and all that, but he gets the culture right in the building. You know, I mean, he, he just, they, the Chiefs have had a, a very good culture ever since he set foot in that place. And, he, and obviously these other guys have done the same thing. The Ravens always have a culture, don't they? You know who the Ravens are. Oh, yeah. Let's talk to uh, Mike DePasquale. Mike's got this. Mike's got picks. What's up, Mike? Nothing much, man. Nate, that like that's inspiring what you said, and it's so true. It's like think about your guys' radio show, your radio station. There's you know, there's you guys have had competition through the years, but you guys have a culture in what you do. It's in everything, right? Like business, sports, certain schools, high schools have good cultures, others don't. So true. Deepasquale so Moore probably has a culture to it. You know, you know yeah, what you get when you call you guys. No, that's true. Like, I honestly, I was talking about that yesterday with somebody. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I, one, like, knack I have is I know how to, like, I, I know how to associate with the right people and, like, bring the right people to work with us, people that get along and, like, we're friends. Yeah, we have disagreements and things like that, but we have a certain culture, and if you don't fit it, like, you're gone. And that's how, that's how the, all four of these teams, like you said, they all have a distinct culture that works for them. And um, that's why they're here. And that's why some other teams who might be more talented aren't here right now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking about the Lions the other day, and they might have the most upside going forward for, for, of any of the teams left due to the fact they, they got, you know, all these young guys at key positions performing. They got a quarterback who's not going to command, a, you know, a $400 million contract. Um I don't think this is their year, but man, they got a, they got something good cooking in Detroit, and I feel like they deserve it too, man. Poor Detroit. Let's uh, let's get to these picks. How did uh, how did Jake and Mike do last week, Nate? Well, I'm going to have to to get a ruling from you on one thing because I'm told that Jake revised a pick the day after. That's up to Mike. Uh, Mike, I feel like the pick that you make during the segment, that's the pick that yeah. sticks. We can revise stuff yeah. all day long. Was Mike okay? given the but opportunity we a, to revise any picks oh, the next day? Oh, because we do a segment I'll, I'll live. Take the, I'll take the L. I'll okay. take the L, but but my pocketbook says I took the W. That's part of the deal, because you're making picks before we get information on injuries. Yeah. There's information that will come out that can yeah. change your pick. Well, but no, this is live Which one did you change, Jake? I changed I. Picked the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and then you know I I found out that the game was happening indoors, right? Stop. And so you know, and Nate wasn't here for this. You, you are looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors and 
when we have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. You see? So once I had that information, I, 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 I changed my pick to the Lions. Okay, but so you, you uh, I'm, we're putting it out for the Bucks because yeah. that's who you took on here. Okay, yeah, so the, Jake still went three and one, despite that. He had Ravens, Packers, uh, who had, had and, and the eight points with the Packers they covered, and KC and Mike. You went two and two. You had Texans, Niners, Lions, and Chiefs. So you guys, uh, you guys both did all right. It's a couple of smart guys yeah, here. Yeah, here we go. All, all right. right, well Real let's let's, let's dig in here. Okay, all right. This is this is the championship games mm. we're talking about now. All right, let's start off with the NFC Championship game that will take place outdoors in San Francisco. <laughs> are you sure? Okay, we, uh, we are, yeah. I, I looked it up. Okay. I, mean, I did my research for this segment. Uh, and so we got that. Uh, we've all enjoyed watching Detroit advance to this championship round. The Niners almost blew it against the Packers, but they're here. Right now, San Francisco is favored by seven. Whew. Seven over the Lions, Mike DePasquale. Yeah, I'll take the I, I think the nine I think the Niners are gonna win, but that's a lot of dang points, isn't it? So I'll take the I'll take the uh, the Lions and the points. Mm-hmm. And that's exact that's that's how I feel. That's fine. I feel like if that's you a pick lie. the same I'll have a tie I'll, I'll have a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah, I mean I just pick what you believe. I th- I think that's a lot of points. Uh uh, I think we're all kind of buying in on the Lions a little bit, so uh, I'm going Lions to cover as well. Okay, Mike, uh, AFC Championship game, Chiefs and Ravens. Right now the Ravens are favored by three and a half. I feel the, that's a, I think it's a one-point game either way, um, so I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, but I do want to say, though, that this Raven, you guys have been saying it all week, I'm sure, but this Ravens defense is not the Bills' defense of last week. I mean, they are really good in the middle of that defense. And, and fast. So it's it's going to be a much tougher game. But you're taking the Chiefs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. See, I'm, I'm supposed to try to do something different, and Steve is trying to paint me as the negator. You don't have this to do week. something different because I got a tiebreaker. What's your truth? What's your truth? I, I'm taking the Chiefs. And I might go straight up, but I'll, I'll take the Chiefs okay. and the three. Give me the three and a half. All right. Here's the tiebreaker for you. Tiebreaker. The over-under for the Chiefs and Ravens, 44-and-a-half. And so we're talking about if it's if it's 24-21, that's the over. 44-and-a-half, Mike DePasquale. I actually, I've been thinking about this bet all week, right? And I hate betting unders because I feel like I like to play craps, right? And I hate when there's a guy playing the don't pass line. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of they're kind of analogous. Yeah. They're they're kind of like I don't know, they're losers like wishing for everyone's demise. I hate the way I feel when I pick an under, but man, I'm thinking that I'm thinking this is like a 21 to 20 type game. And so I'll take the under. There's some oh. dan- there's two of the best defenses in the NFL. Probably one and two on the field that day. All right. Oh, is Willie is Willie Gay? Is he playing? We don't, we don't know. know. We'll get more information today. Yeah, we're Ooh. heading out there. Nate's going to go try to irritate uh, Willie and his neck in the uh, locker room. So we'll find out. He's going to play. He's going to uh, play. He's a gamer. I guess he. I got have more good. than one pain in the neck right. today to deal with, won't he? Pain in the uh, ass. He's being out there. Uh, all week. It's a good dad joke. Um, I'm glad you said under because I'm going over. I, I'm seeing 27-24-ish type game again here. And, you know, 
I, I had, by the way, my buddy Judd's listening right now, and apparently his buddies at work are saying that I said I had more faith in the Chiefs' defense than in Patrick Mahomes. That's not what I said. Why'd you say that? Um, I'm glad they caught it. I think that putting up 27 points against this Ravens defense on their home field is a Herculean effort, and I think the Chiefs are up for it. I think they could put up 27 Hercules, points in this Hercules. game. So, and I think the defense is good. I, I th- I'm going over. I think it's going to be 27-24 type game. So, um, there you go, Mike. We, we got our diff. That's our tiebreaker right there. I like that. I like that. Here we go. That'll decide it. All right, Mike, tell people if they need your help, what do they do? Uh, Mike's got this.com and I'll talk to you boys next week and we'll be talking about a chief Super Bowl. That's right. And by the way, thank you for stepping up and sponsoring the first ever big steps toward cancer prevention pickleball tournament, which is coming up on February 4th. We really appreciate it, man. I'm going to try to go. I'm not playing because I'm not ending up in one of those knee scooters. Pickleball is the orthopedic surgeons. Um, that's the best thing ever happened to that business. I love the sport, but man, I'm scared. Old guys like me. I might have to work with you on a waiver form to get all of our participants to sign then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Being old your own fault, right? Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Father time. So, yeah. listen, guys, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you guys next Wednesday, okay? All right, we'll do it. That's uh, Mike DePasquale. Mike's got this. Mike's got picks. Back after this on WHB. Oh, Hercules, 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 Hercules. Hey, thank you to all of our guests. We talked to Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. We had uh, Jamie Bluma join us, Gary Lezak, Todd Lebo, Chiefs Hall of Famer Deron Cherry, Mike DePasquale, Mike's got this, Mike's got picks. It was all good in this hood. We close now. Tomorrow's already Thursday. Last week was the longest week, and this week is flying by. This week's flying by. Girls got a basketball game tonight at Park Hill South. Let's go. Come on. And uh, Nate and I are headed out to Arrowhead Stadium to do some interviews in the locker room. Let's go. And we'll play those back for you tomorrow right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.